You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. How, how is our current thoughts on aliens in space different from what the ancient Near Eastern culture thought about the heavens? Hey guys, this is Systematic Geekology. We are the priests of the geeks coming at you from the Every Tribe Denomination and Tongue Convention being held at Pastor Will's Church, Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Chapel Hill. Super excited to be here, having a great time. Here with some cool guys. We're going to reintroduce everybody for anyone who forgot who is here or isn't watching a video and is like, what? who are these voices? Um, so yeah, um, I'll just introduce everyone. So Sounds I'm here, great. Will Rose, pastor of this church, hey, one hey. of the hosts of Systematic Ecology. Mm-hmm. We have... Christian Ashley. Well, I know he's here. Why am I looking that hard? <laughs> Christian Ashley. Who's all the way down there? <laughs> way Christian out there in the audience. Oh, everybody out there. of Systematic Geekology, as well as the host of the Let Nothing Move You podcast. He's gotten a lot better. Who is also a part of the same podcast network. If you don't know, Systematic Geekology, part of the Amazon Ministries podcast network, as well as all these other shows I'm going to mention. TJ Tiberius Swan Blackwell, host also of Systematic Ecology and the Whole Church Podcast. You have me, Joshua Knoll. I do co-host Whole Church Podcast, help TJ out with that project. And then I run the Dummy for Theology Podcast, where I talk about theological problems with no real answers. Um, <laughs> and we are joined by, by one of my favorite, favorite human beings. Someone who I'm trying to, who, who was one of the hosts of Systematic Ecology, who I keep dragging into more projects with us. <laughs> well, you're here right now. We're talking about aliens. And he's one of the hosts of, he is the only host of the, my seminary life. I keep, I keep saying one of the hosts and I'm like, I like keep pitching to him. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go to seminary. I could be a host. <laughs> At least you said host. When Brandon and I did that Dr. Jar Jar episode, I kept trying to say owner. Yeah. Owner. Yeah. Operator. Owner. <laughs> owner and operator. It's because of the... Um, how we have the um, the document set up for our network. We have like agreements and like things we all like want to agree about. And we have like bylaws sort of. And it's like of the do. owners get votes. So we just had this long discussion about that before he did the podcast. And he's like, the owner, of, the host of, like uh, I have to go back to normal people language. <laughs> <laughs> we should have did the video for that and see the panic on yeah. that face. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> it was I, 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 for a brief moment, I was like, Relax. Like, we're going to get through. Even if you said owner, I don't think it would have been that big of a deal. Like, I think I just would have let it go. I mean, now that everything's on Captivate, you guys do have your stuff trademarked. So you are technically the owner of that now. Boom. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Well, guys, um, we've been geeking out on all kinds of things, including we played Killer Bunnies together. Finally, one of the games that uh, Christian actually showed me with some other people. And TJ and I have played for over a decade. We have this long rival. We finally got to do the ultimate rematch. The winner was going to get to slap the loser if it was one of us, but it wasn't. Will, on his first time ever, won Killer Bunnies and the quest for the magical care. How's it feel, Will? Many such cases. Yeah, it, it, you know, uh, just for our audience and those listening, we didn't actually kill bunnies. If we, um, oh, I sure we did. played a game. <laughs> 
called Killer Bunnies. And I think there's a collaboration and a teamwork uh, between TJ and Joshua that we didn't know, like a side like a side <laughs> agreement. And uh, I didn't know what was happening because I was just learning the game. But I, I watched it ensue. And, you know, those things happen in life. Um, so so I'm, it helps me cope. Uh, with the world better watching how you guys play uh, board games. So I think that's what board yeah. games are all about. Help you cope with life, winning and losing and collaborating and anger and all our laments yeah. that, uh, yeah. 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 Yep. Brandon has been doing devotions here at the convention, yeah. not live, just kind of an intimate thing between those who actually showed up. Maybe you guys should do it next time. Um, <laughs> that was a little biting. Yeah. A little biting. Actually showed up. Jeez. Hey. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. Then when I said it, I was like, well, you guys should do it. Um, I was like, you know, okay. But no, um, yeah. if we do more of these in the future, hopefully we'll have more things like that. So do come. It's fun. Um, yeah, I, I think it was probably really shocking for everyone. We made this bet about this really competitive thing of who was going to win. And for some reason, the church unity guys immediately started collaborating. That was really weird. How about that? Yeah. Who would have yeah. expected that? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. yeah. Let's jump into today's episode. I came up with a topic. Yeah. So I, I'm going to kick this off and then Will's going to take the lead on this one. Um, and as someone who studied world religions a lot in college, like that was going to be one of my degrees that, you know, I changed degrees a lot. I was one of those guys. Um, <laughs> what you learn in the ancient Near Eastern cultures, especially, but in a lot of world religions, ancient world religions, what they mean by the heavens typically is just the sky. In fact, in Hebrew, when you're reading your Bibles, the word heaven and sky are the same word. They didn't have two different words for those things. So right. space, heaven, sky were all the same thing. Cosmos. Yeah. So when you look at these religions, what you see, remember, think about how the aliens are, or how the aliens, how the angels are described. There's these beings up there somewhere in the stars with six arms, all these eyes, wings can throw you around and murder you, you know, and all kinds of different aliens, weird creatures. <laughs> Uh, was it, there's like a ball of eyes or something in the Bible Ezekiel, that's just up there. Yeah. yeah, it's just up there in the sky somewhere. Um, when you go to like the Hindu cultures, you have gods with multiple genders. You have gods with uh, like seven arms, some that just look like an elephant for some reason. Maybe there was a rocket raccoon. Who knows? Mm. Um, <laughs> and you have all kinds of different things throughout these different religions. What now when we study it and we think about it because we use the word heaven, we think of this other dimension or this other place where they're all at. But originally they were thinking of these creatures up in the stars. So my question was, and this uh, we could start this off and ask everybody, mm -hmm. how does this compare to how we talk about aliens now? Are the right. creatures we think of in the stars today in our fiction writings? Yeah. I, um, so we did, uh, you know, what if aliens actually showed up in uh and yeah like a, a, an episode back in system geekology you can go back and look at that the part one so this is kind of part two of like what if aliens how would the world react how would humans react what would be um what would be the impact if we made contact with aliens and you know we have these shows on tv ancient aliens all that stuff where they're talking about like were they these 
uh, creatures that the Bible was describing in their prophetic books or, or visions, are they actually aliens that showed up with UFOs? I'm not in that camp because I think uh, these particular prophets and human beings and uh, are, are smart people that could differentiate between like a religious experience with um, um, the divine and if a, if a UFO showed up. Sure, it'd freak them out just like it would freak us out uh, if they landed. But, um, b- but when it comes to sci-fi, when it comes to thinking of our cosmos and one, and we know now know how big our cos- cosmos is with the James Webb telescope and others um, in terms of the mere stats and the numbers of how many planets and stars we now know. Like you said, the ancient uh, religions only saw our world and kind of their cosmology was just beyond up into the heavens, the stars. They had a whole different kind of cosmology thinking perhaps only only ones around. Uh, but now we know the universe is a is a very big space that could contain um, astrobiology or intelligent beings or conscious beings. And so, all right, if we made contact, what would that look like? And so Joshua is bringing in some, some biblical um, uh, ancient religions, understanding of the heavens, along with kind of how we see this today. And so, um, <laughs> Christian. I had something to say already. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, this is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. This is fun. So this is part two because you can't do just aliens part one. Like this is an ongoing conversation, oh, and it's a series. Uh, it will probably do ten episodes of this. So yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to start off. Be good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to start off with uh, making fun of Joshua again because you, dear listener, will actually get the definition of the term A and E. The rest of us, however did not get that before we got here. So <laughs> I, trying to be dutiful, started looking at the A&E. Is that some branch of the Nazarenes or the Nestorians or what have you that that believe in some different view of the heavens and aliens? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, well, let me research it. And I found Bumpkus and I'm wondering, like, what am I researching the wrong thing? And of course I am because I'm searching for a premise that doesn't exist. That's so right. Thanks for that, buddy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> acronyms. <laughs> Unexplained acronyms and, uh, is a great podcast. I, Not on your show. This <laughs> <laughs> is Will's show right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, so on the actual topic, after I'm done with my rant, uh, I always find it fascinating. I mean, because I'm a big guy on ufology, and I, I've read The Chariots of the Gods. Yeah. It's your old Eric Von Daniken take on how uh, ancient astronauts, which is one of the terms he used there okay. to describe uh, these different cultures have had the ability to create the like the Nazca lines or the pyramids and what have you that they couldn't have possibly done it themselves. Right. You know, only, maybe just humans only, are smart. Yeah. Only no. <laughs> only aliens <laughs> could have been able to do that. Right. And right. You right. get into Ezekiel and the like as well. Mm-hmm. And books like that, and it completely misses the point. Which he obviously has an agenda, and I do enjoy the book. It's just not. It's just not biblical in any way, shape, or form. Now, as far as aliens is concerned, like, yeah, sure. I mean, having listened to the first episode that we did, Mm -hmm. like, I think God is way too creative to stop with just us. I mean, sure, it would make us more special if that was it. But in this grand cosmos that he's created, that's, we're it. I don't see that. (laughs) So, one of the problems with a couple of these things that have been said already, uh, it's pretty easy to get a shovel and dig a straight line for a long time. Uh, I feel like people don't think about that part of the Nazca lines very much. Uh, <laughs> it's just not that hard. It's it's a big shape. It's a big uh, shape. He doesn't Nazca know what the lines. Nazca lines are. You, no you're the one. Who, you never watched Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds? No. <laughs> I've never watched Yu-Gi-Oh! It's like, like, like a big part of like the first half of that show. 
and the last half. Uh, <laughs> I said the whole show. Yeah. <laughs> but really, one of, the, one of the problems I've always had with uh, the angels being aliens is that it's just so unlikely, nearly impossible for the conditions to arise, for a species to develop a thousand eyes or six sets of wings. Yeah. Uh, we have insects, though. So some of them do have six sets of wings. Yeah. Yeah. That could be conscious. But they're also not, there. you know, human sized or larger. Um, but that's, I've always had a problem with that because that's not, that's just not feasible. The most eyes anything has on earth is, uh, eight or 10. <laughs> you count. Most spiders, which yeah. is a lot, yeah. <laughs> but like the most reasonable number of eyes is like two and a half. Like some lizards have a third eye on the back of their head. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I want that. Yeah. It can only see light. Evolution it's like step up its game. Shadows. <laughs> but yeah, so I've never I've never liked that. But it's also it was it was a lot harder to get a depiction of an alien back in the day. Because mm-hmm. it was just word of mouth, no pictures, which we can never get pictures anyway. For some reason that's so odd, isn't it? Uh you just kind of you see it. Military then, footage. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, you go to the chisel man and you're like, hey. I've ha- you have to you have to put this in the rock. I saw this, and now you just pull up Chat GPT, and you're like, "Alien," right? And then it gives you one. Yeah. So, I, th- I think that has chisel man. Now I know chisel what man. you're getting. I was like, "Is this a new hero from like uh, yeah. an anime show?" But My no, hero. you're like, if you're going to describe, do a selfie with an alien, uh, you got to get out the rock or the papyrus, and yeah. it takes a while to you, really form what you're what yeah. you're going to show. You got to go to the hieroglyph man. You got a hieroglyph yeah. man yeah. or the cuneiform man. One of the yeah. rejected yeah. legion of superhero characters. Yeah, and I yeah, the description of of angels in scripture is more theological than it is like we're trying to capture what they really look like. So the eyes are like describing like they can see lots of things. Their perception is greater than ours. Their wings um, are are a part of like which direction they're going in and the four corners of the winds and who they're um, heading towards and who they're going to with these messages. So it's really a theological explanation rather than I'm going to literally describe my alien encounter. Um, they're, they're, they're getting theological out there and trying to describe who these creatures are and who the heavenly beings are. Go for it, Joshua. I have two two things I'm gonna I'm gonna add to this. One, just because it's fun, a lot of your multidimensional theories mm-hmm. have a lot to do with as the universe expands, there are some pockets that have developed different physics and different rules of reality. So it's possible in some of those little multidimensional pockets that something that completely couldn't exist here could exist there with eyes or whatever weird stuff. True, true. But also, yeah, that still seems absurd. Um, I think the the literature of ancient times, a lot of the stuff was just written very differently. So I have a lot of problems with people taking religious history so literal. They were not attempting to write factual things the same way we do. Right. Their literature wasn't based around um, – this is why like part of why I love hermeneutics, biblical literature, and studying like world religions is just this – it was a whole different thing. When we write a story, it has to be consistent. It all has to be the same. They didn't care about that. When we write history, it has to be factual. That's not why they wrote history. They weren't writing it so we knew exactly what would happen. 
when they write about angels, it wasn't so that we would know what the creatures were like for, for like, even if we're taking just the angel part and ignoring the alien part, like it just didn't make sense. This being has what six wings, two of them are exclusively used to cover their feet. Two of them are exclusively used to cover their face. So they don't know where they're flying the rest of the time. Why? And their private parts. There's part of that, yeah, that like, too. Okay. Like they had six, they had all the wings. They wanted not yeah. their feet or their head, but even the middle of their body. They're, they're, um, yeah. They're like built in downy pillow for clothes. <laughs> right. They're not used for flying. None of the six wings are used for flying. Yeah. Like that's, that's just not realistic. That's a completely separate machination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They just levitate. They don't need the wings. That's just for aesthetics. Um, no. Yeah. That's why I'm just like, okay, so that's not what the literature is about. So I'm going to take it back to the original question yeah. with that, though, okay. because that's not what most of our sci-fi is about. Guardians of the Galaxy isn't trying to get me to think oh, there really is some raccoon out there flying around. It's more of a what does Rocket represent as this creature in space who's been experimented on as part of this overarching narrative we hear a lot about in Guardians 3. I'm not going to get into of right. like what does the perfect creation look like? Why are we mm -hmm. doing these experiments on animals like, I, I think our sci-fi creatures, much like our early religious creatures that we're talking about, are trying to tell a deeper story or a deeper point rather than saying this is actually what aliens look like. Right, right. It's either a cautionary tale or they're working out some of the big questions that, like, what does it mean to be human? And so when I encounter another being, uh, when I encounter perhaps an alien, uh, it's going to teach me more my reaction and how I treat that other being, creature, alien uh, tells uh, is more revealing of who I am and what it means to be human in the midst of that. So that's what these are. And I think the scriptures are, are wrestling with that too. Who is God? Who am I? Where's my place in this world? Where is this headed? Um, so it's, it's, yeah, I mean, our sci-fi is, is, are working out some of that same story. Uh, scripture, you know, is tapping in to those big questions too. So I think, I think it does matter. And then, you know, a lot of the, the sci-fi books and the conversations about aliens is like, yeah, all right. Um, some of the theology books is like, all right, like, what do we, what would happen if we encounter an alien from another planet? Well, you know what? We also have aliens in our world. Like what if we bump into someone from another country, we consider them um, an alien or an immigrant or a refugee. So how do I treat the other is a big part of that question. And, the, and it goes right to our sci-fi that hopefully can teach us in a way to how we treat one another. And though our neighbor who are perhaps from uh, a different land or tribe or religion. So how do we, how do we treat the alien or the other is a big part of that question. I'm just disappointed. I haven't met another alien from earth with that many eyes yet. You know, you know, we we start studying the oceans, we get deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, you those anglerfish are weird. Those <laughs> anglerfish are weird. Oh my goodness! Have you ever seen a hagfish? <laughs> they look like an alien. You know, or a blobfish. What, what was the first one you said? Hagfish. What's that? Ugly. I want one. <laughs> really ugly. <laughs> no, I won't last long up here. No, or a, like a dragonfish. They look like the xenomorphs. Yeah, they look mm -hmm. just like xenomorphs. They even have like the little. Um, Studio mouth, parietal mouth. Yeah, yeah. projecting yeah. like. Yeah, it's wild. It's insane. And those were discovered after Alien was created, by the way. Uh, <laughs> just a really weird coincidence. That's, yeah, that is cool. Love that. Those books are old. But uh, unfortunately, a lot, so much of our, especially early, like alien sci-fi is uh, based around, you know, killing the aliens. Right. You know, they they do not come peacefully. Are they bunnies? They're not bunnies. <laughs> nope. Uh, Alien bunnies. But I feel like especially 
back then, you know, people were like, they were conditioning us to be afraid of the unknown, which has always been the case. So the reinforcement really doesn't help and right. makes me think that if aliens do come, it won't go well. Yeah, and I think um, Steven Spielberg, like for the longest time, said when I when I portray aliens, I'm not going to portray them as like violent or like conquering. I'm going to portray them in a way that perhaps they're intelligent or more evolved or more <laughs> they're more evolved species that isn't here to conquer and destroy, but perhaps to enlighten and to build up and and to strengthen. So I I think that was a big part of like how he wanted to portray aliens too but yeah that fear of the other what is beyond beyond us what could happen and there there have been some um scientists as of late who said yeah if we encounter aliens we probably should be nervous because they're probably not here to like uh make friends um but you could also speculate but the prime directive maybe they're waiting for us to get to a certain point where we can handle the news uh there's um we talked about in the last episode that um about aliens, about these kind of footage that the the military is putting out there, the Navy's putting out there of what these beings could be and why are they showing up now, you know, um, is a distraction to not to force us to not think of like global pandemics and geopolitics and the demise of of humankind pointing a different direction. Um I, I, I think those are good questions I have too, but we, we've always wondered what does the other look like and what are they going to, how are they going to treat us when they come our way? And hopefully they won't, you know, act like us when we encounter other people in, in other lands to conquer or manipulate or to exploit. So that, that's a big part. Um, Christian, what, what, you, you, you look like your heart at work here. You got a thought. Yes. You got something going on. I would say, but I'm like, I, I wouldn't dare step in right yeah. now. I know. And I also <laughs> want to get Brandon, I want to get this seminarian's um, uh, take on this too. Do, 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 yeah, do. Uh, I, I was trying to find, I'm uh, bringing up the space trilogy, but I cannot for life me remember one of the things that inspired Lewis. Yeah. Uh, bringing up this whole idea of the other, of uh, aliens attacking or humans. Actually, uh, one of the books or short stories he had read was about humans colonizing another planet, taking over because the poor savages over there just they mm -hmm. needed humans to take charge. And one of Lewis's main main themes is that humans are such screw ups that across the entire solar system in yeah. the the space trilogy, we're the only planet that <laughs> fell into darkness. Yeah, we're the only planet that committed the original sin. Right. Yeah. So we're the morons. We're the losers. And if we encounter others, <clears throat> excuse me, that perhaps we're the snake that is tempting others. To turn a different direction, to turn away from God, that, that kind of thing. Sorry. Yeah. And uh, that space trilogy is really fun for this conversation because each planet has their own angel. We just got Lucifer for some reason. <laughs> Go Earth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wrinkle in time plays with that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, I, I wanted to bring up one, which is fun. I'm probably going to talk about this later on in June or July. You guys should check this out. But uh, we're going to do an episode on our favorite sci-fi video games. Um, mm -hmm. Starcraft. The Starcraft series. Awesome series. One thing I really like about it, even though it's all just fighting each other. So, you know, it's not like a cool. Well, I guess there is a cool story, but I don't care about that part. I care about the the fighting, honestly. Um, it's it's more exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's like Warcraft or um, Age of Empire, like one of those games where like you kind of build your society and you're trying to take over the other people at the same time. So there's three main races. You have the Terrans, Zerg and Protoss. There's other ones, but uh, I don't know how if I'm saying them right or not either. But um the, the Terrans are basically us. We are the in-between. The Zerg are these like bug-like creatures. They build extremely fast. They're not as powerful as the others. They don't have the same intelligence or any of that, but 
they build so fast they can swarm you. I love being them. That's like my go-to. I'm just going to create all of my enemies, all of your enemies as quickly as possible and just swarm you before you can build anything. That's my whole right. goal. Um, the Protos, they are the other side of humanity. They're both more religious and more you know, technologically advanced. They're like everything takes a lot longer to build, but when they build it, you're gone. So I like this idea of, and I and think it's probably even more probable if we run into other cultures where some of them we're going to be more advanced than. Some of them are going to be more advanced than us. A lot of them probably have advantages and disadvantages that we don't have. And I just think that that's a lot more realistic of what we're going to end up having. Yeah. Also, it's a good balancing mechanism in the game. The, a good sci-fi book as well. One of the top of all time is Ender's Game plays around with that too. Like, what are you actually fighting? Is it a hive mind? Is it more insect-like? I mean, insect-like, you know, and then we look at our oceans, you know, we look at like um, the octopus, how, how smart that is. What if uh, that creature is and um, perhaps... Um, has its own way of thinking or, or culture. You know, what if there are other planets out there who are just um, can't leave their planet because they're tied to the to the water on the planet? They they may be uh, octopus on other planets, maybe teaching algebra to each other in the depth of the sea, and where we don't know they are because they're just on another planet. But to speculate what they could look like or or be, I, I think is is just a fun fun uh, exercise in the thinking about the larger story of the universe and who we are. Um, it's just, it's just fun to think about. It can be scary, but also, um, enlightening as well. Yeah. The thing with octopuses is that they, one of the reasons scientists believe that we're not able, they're not able to gain sapience like we have is because they just live so short. The right. lifespan is so short, but mm -hmm. I actually was going to talk cause I remembered by researching, uh, it's actually three authors that Lewis was speaking against. One, of course, was H.G. Wells for yeah. War of the Worlds. And, <laughs> and that was how, what T.J. was alluding to. Yes. There. <laughs> yeah. And then there's J.B.S. Haldane, which actually he actually uses some of his arguments for Weston's philosophy in the books of how some of the things he said, like word for word, what Haldane said. And the last is the, the last and first of men, which is written. Oh, of course, I put the wrong thing up here. <laughs> That's written by Olaf Stapleton, Stapleton. And that's the colonization of Mars that, mm. of course, we as humans, we should be the ones, you know, in charge right. of all that mess. Accurate. Brandina. Are we getting it down to me? Yep. We've been talking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hey, so my question is coming out, like, I think when we talking to the seminarian, do -do 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 -do. Uh, we are, we're all lifelong seminarians. We're all lifelong mm -hmm. learners and, and growing and learning. Like in terms of your studies, I think our congregations or, or parishes that we're shepherding, they're, they're encountering science and science fiction and watching the same movies we are, geeking out on these things and speculation. They're seeing the same footage from CNN about, you know, the, the military footage of things flying. I mean, in seminary these days, are they talking about like, all right, how are you going to prepare and help your congregation if we make contact? Or have you thought about these things? Like, how are you going to shepherd? Like one thing, if a global pandemic breaks out and you got to shepherd your people and yeah. keep them healthy. Another thing, if there's a war, but, but what if? What if we encounter aliens? Uh, how are you going to help your, your congregation? Yeah, I think this is where there's a difference between a seminary and a divinity school. Mm -hmm. So a seminary, I guess if I could just simplify it, a seminary is going to be a little bit more focused on training you for ministry, mm -hmm. like day-by-day -day ministry duties. While a divinity school is going to be a little bit more on the theological, stud theological studies. Right. And obviously, it bleeds both ways. 
you know, I took a systematic theology class when I was in seminary. They're going to have preaching classes at divinity schools, but it's a little bit more practical theology versus like theoretical theology. And so at least in my experience, no, I did not have a class that was on, you know, sci-fi or, um, and it it really is though, like we we should have, I really, I've talked about it before on the show. I have like a whole list of things that I'm like, really? I took like no counseling classes. Mm. I've been in Christian higher education for five years between college and seminary and not a single, I've taken like, I don't know, it would be almost 200 credit hours Mm -hmm. of studying and no counseling and the rise of mental health issues that's been going on even before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So there's like, that's like a major flaw in the system. I somehow didn't have to take an apologetics course in seminary either or church history. Um, so no, there was no like, but I do think there should be some type of um, maybe more like a theories of creation, not uh-huh. just here is the creation narrative, here is the six day little, but we're going to go into in depth all the different views on creation narratives. I can't imagine that. I mean, I can, I would hope that here pretty soon we're going to start getting into more of like theology of AI because mm-hmm. yeah, that's it's, another it's, one. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be long before we mess this all up again, like we did with social media, and we just let everything run wild and one run free. And then, oh, maybe ten years later, we should start adding in checks and balances before. Because if you want terminators, this is how you get terminators. It's just letting the AI stuff run wild and run free. Yeah. When it comes to like sci-fi and alien sci-fi and alien stuff specifically first off uh way back at the beginning when josh was talking about the the giant's wheel in the sky with the eyeballs and ezekiel that's literally the mm-hmm. inspiration for a journey song wheel in the sky just so that's for your next yeah. time you're doing bar trivia that's our out- outgoing um, music for this episode <laughs> yeah that's where that's the inspiration for learn it things. and then we learn things on this show and then um again this idea of the fear of the other this idea of the um you know, even what Josh was talking about of like how the Bible kind of depicts alien or not alien, excuse me, how the Bible kind of depicts angels and how it's not necessarily like literally this, but this is like the best that they could do type of thing. Um, one thing I am considering to do doctoral research on in the distant future is on Lovecraftian horror, uh, okay. particularly nice. this idea of yeah. his, uh, uh, oh man, cosmic indifference is his like philosophical framework of oh, the place. universe doesn't care about you. Nothing. It, right. It's very nihilistic. It's compared a lot to nihilism, but the universe doesn't care about you. And the the gods that come up in in the Cthulhu mythos are actually more space deities. It's kind of this almost like original form of what are they? The the Eternals, the Inhumans, the Celestials. Yeah, yeah. In Marvel, this idea of like they're aliens, but they have divine ability. They're greater than us, and they don't care. Is kind of this idea of this, this um, indifference, and obviously the horror element of like we're just mere humans and it's uh, oftentimes the characters develop into madness is what that's like his go-to thing. Um, but what's interesting is that when you get into the, cause the other big thing about Lovecraftian uh, research right now is the fact that he was a flaming racist and a very bad person. Um, Again, fear of the other fear. And that's, <laughs> yes, that's exactly, wow. this yeah. is what it wow. was. Like wow. this mm-hmm. is what it was is that, uh, 
Lovecraft was taking these uh, views that he had of real life. He really thought that Western culture was dying and that was a big deal to him. And it was the fear of the unknown of minorities that then influenced these writings of um, the re- the unknown, the outside, the not white Western way mm-hmm. coming in and destroying everything. And so to piggyback off of the H.G. Um, Wells thing from earlier of, yeah, this has really influenced a lot of people's ideas of like, if it's not me, it's it's bad. Right. And, you know, I'm so glad that like hundreds of years later, we've progressed beyond that of the fear of the other. And we're not scared of uh, minorities or those who are marginalized that are going to come and take over our world. And that's what I mean, that's what Matt Ruff was trying to do with Lovecraft Country. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, (laughs) Like trying to recapture like magic has always been ours with the African-American community. I I think um, you said a couple of things I want to want to highlight real fast is one, um, like, I think you're right as we're there's man in terms of preparing you to shepherd a community of faith. There are so many things you need to learn. You need to learn theology, Bible, history, but there's, yeah, counseling, shepherding, you're not going to become a licensed therapist. Um, you can, you can go to school for that and then set up a practice. But yeah, how do you take care of people, walk with people, pastoral care? Um, part of that pastoral care and walking with it is how do you um, react to the shifting um, curveballs that the world throws at you, whether it's a war or immigration or <clears throat> a hurricane barreling down and people are displaced or or um, a pandemic. But I think also technology and how we react to that, AI, other things is another way to help your people walk through this and think about that. A, a good resource out there that I hope c- can be perhaps a part of this network is Josh Joshua K. Smith, who's written a book called Robot Theology. We interviewed him a while back too. He has a podcast. He's great on Twitter. He is he is very much, um, when people sound the alarm and, and try to scare people about AI, he's like, let's think about this first. It's not all bad. It's how you use it. Uh, it's the stewardship of this technology rather than like the world's going to end. And I love that that approach. And perhaps our encounter with aliens isn't necessarily an organic being that has 12 eyes and 12 wings and those kinds of, or telepathic. Maybe our first encounter with an alien might be um, a machine. It might be their drone. It might be their AI. It might be a nanobot that is a part of... Um, uh, a satellite. Uh, that, that's these, think of what we're doing out in the universe. We're sending out the James Webb. We're sending out other unmanned ships out, unhumaned uh, ships out into the universe. Um, and there might be another species that encounter that first. And they're like, whoa, we're not alone. We just encountered this satellite that humans um, uh, hurled out into space. And that may happen to us too. They may already be here. There may be another uh uh, alien who is who's here on earth who's taken up data through their AI that they have somewhere so those kind of things are are you know are they taking up information spy balloon uh, to for nefarious reasons or to collect data to understand us better so that they can communicate with us better and vice versa so I think those kinds of things and and yeah there's a lot of people in in our communities that are wrestling with a lot of uh, things in this world, perhaps aliens are in contact with uh, ancient alien species from outer space isn't <laughs> on the forefront of their mind, but it is kind of a, a sandbox where you can play and experiment and think through those things to help them ask the bigger questions, which is kind of the point of sci-fi anyway. Real quick, I know TJ has something to say. Um, I just wanted to thank Brandon. My, my list of times that I was um, disappointed that I learned some Wish I didn't know the context of a book has now grown from uh, zero to one. Thank you. 
but that's great. <laughs> yeah. So one of the problems with encountering uh, extraterrestrial life yep. is that we have like our, our deep space radio transmission. It's out there. It's yep. been out there for 20 something years. Uh, but they have to be able to receive that transmission. Right. They have to be at a stage where they can receive and understand what they're getting from us. Mm-hmm. You know English. Well, that, that part's less important. Music. Music is actually what the transmission is. Uh, but art. Yeah. So it's really, really unlikely that if there is other life, that they are at the stage where they can do something about finding out that we exist. And if they are, it's also pretty likely that they're more advanced than we are and, you know, ignoring us, which would not be good. Tired of right. spam calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're like, they're the humans calling us to renew our insurance on our car. We're going to, we're going to block that it's call. These spam calls and all it is is elevator music. What right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, call good. center? No. <laughs> yeah. The timing of it all. Yeah. If we're a galaxy, you know, uh, our cosmos billions and millions of years old and like what are the timing of transmission and you know there could be some ancient ancient alien that that crashed here on on a meteor that's deep in our one an iceberg or uh, a glacier somewhere we just haven't found it yet but um and and vice versa out there so yeah all that stuff yeah. is is fun to think about we, we could be dealing with like an animorphs scenario <laughs> oh they're here they're living in animals in people's heads there's our conspiracy theories begging us to do animorphs for so long since literally the beginning we'll do of the it. show <laughs> we'll do it we keep saying it yeah it just has never happened. <laughs> yeah so we could talk about um aliens forever um and and i love this this topic uh i will say that um joshua has you know the theological uno card reverse card he he's he has some questions some big questions and uh one big one big one and a few others that were probably... Is, are we ready for that now, folks? Oh, well, I would, would like to emphasize the importance of uh, space exploration on our behalf. Yes. Uh, because if they can't ignore us if we go to their planet. True. That's they true. Just be yeah. They, yeah. Or have, we <laughs> could find... the big silent... Get off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they give us the silent treatment. Yeah. We're just like, they're not making eye contact. I'm literally right in front of you. Yeah. You have 12 eyes. How are you not making <laughs> eye contact with me? <laughs> but the most likely scenario as it stands is that we find a minuscule life that is not sentient on another planet. And yeah. if that happens, I know I'm still excited. Yeah. Astrobiology. Good stuff. You know, a few There's been years other. Theologians and philosophers who have written books about that too, not just um, astrophysicists and astrobiologists. There's yeah. there's other things too. Yeah, I'm, I'm like half convinced that there's a, a fully fledged society of space whales uh, oh, that aren't actually God. space whales. They live in under the ice caps of Europa. Cool. They're fully sentient. They just you know they don't have hands yet. This is a serious belief. But yeah, no, yeah, I. Yeah, that's that's good. Possible. You can see these in my favorite documentaries, Chris, uh, Chris Claremont's X Men, and of course uh, Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, Star Wars Rebels uh, seasons three. They play four, around that. Our sci fi does yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, essentially the same thing. But yeah, sea life on Europa—that's real. Treasure planet. There's waves. Probably surf too. Very real. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to surf on another That's planet. Awesome. That'd be fun. The physics gravitational pull is different. So in terms of what I can do on a surfboard or not on another planet with, with waves and oceans, you know. Uh, very small gravity on your robot. Okay. So, uh, big air. I can do big air. One of my small questions was actually just exclusively for TJ about what he was just talking about. So I'm going to start with that. Okay. 
TJ, as the one of us who has studied biology the most and spent the longest time wanting to go to space out of all of us, I think, maybe other than Will, because I know for a while you actually, that was like one of your goals, right? It was like to cultivate stuff on other planets. Do you think it would be more likely or less likely that we would find plant life before animal life on other planets? It's definitely more likely because it's easier for plant life to live. Makes sense. Yeah. What plants would you expect us to find? Uh, no, uh, probably grasses. Grasses are what we got first. Grasses and ferns. Okay. Uh, so, which, you know, everyone thinks trees are super old. Trees are younger than sharks. Dang, sharks have existed longer than What kind of answer do you want? Real answer. What do you Not mean, a real? Answer, like a real answer? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's been a few. It's a few hundred million years. It's Sweet. like towards the end of the Mesozoic era when we started nice. getting grass. So, all right, here's another question. All right, we talk about oceans and 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 sea life. Were there um, sea plant life before land plant life? Like I'm talking algae, yeah. seaweed, yeah. Uh, reefs, those kinds of things. Yeah. It, well, if you would hear, if you would hear to like you know the the evolution. Uh, viewpoint then yeah absolutely okay yeah yeah that's fun i don't know if anybody else thought about this but like this is like de- like for certain there has definitely been other episodes but this is like the one time for certain tj is absolutely the most qualified to talk about this. yeah yeah <laughs> and i've asked a question we in our congregation we have um some professors of um evolutionary biology at unc and and they go out and study study life and think about that and they think about on other planets too like and i've asked them a number of times like all right if a meteor never hit earth and the dinosaurs were still around would they be like a velasa professor velasa velasa pastor pastor, pastor, you know our professor of uh geography and and geometry and teaching math to their like other uh reptile uh conscience in terms of evolution of the brain and consciousness all those things uh if they were not wiped out would they evolve for smart it's like that's all speculation so um but it's you know other planets in terms of how they evolve and how they grow this gravitational pull the physics the the chemistry the all that stuff yeah, comes into play it's a mixed bag because mixed bag. Uh, lots of life did survive uh sharks didn't change at all crocodiles it just really you know everything got smaller pretty right. much um whales uh pinnipeds and whales uh basically evolved from cousins they were the yeah. same animal um except uh, pinnipeds turned their feet, their leg bones into uh, flippers. And, Sweet. Uh, whales just kind of got rid of them. Right. <laughs> whales just got rid of theirs. If you see a whale x-ray, they still have uh, vestigial leg bones that they use for nothing. Man. Like our tailbone. And, and so keep a lookout for an episode soon about um, Meg 2. About yeah. the um, <laughs> that's coming out, the sequel to the first uh, one. Yeah. So, so yeah, speculation of whether uh, the megalodon survived or not. Yeah, we'll, we'll speculate that on on aliens part three. I can cover that extensively now. They did. They did not. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not possible. <laughs> so when I go surfing, I, I just worry about like bull sharks and great whites, yeah, not tiger a mag. sharks. And tiger shark, yeah, yeah. Um, not on the those. east coast. Tiger sharks aren't on the east coast. I don't think sand tiger sharks. Sand tiger sharks. Yeah, like gums. They call it gums. Yeah. Instead of jaws, they call them gums. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. <laughs> that was some great sound effects. Okay. The next smaller question. Okay. So a lot of the 
for some reason, there's been different times in church history where we argued about stupid stuff. Um, we still do. But one of the things that I always thought was a funny argument was this of, oh, if they're aliens, that disproves God because it doesn't say he made aliens. Mm. Um, it does say he filled the expanse and that he that he filled the air, the sky, which is the same word for heavens, mm-hmm. which would be space to them. Yes. Um, yeah, this is the easy question to any of you guys who know Hebrew better than I. Christian just took Hebrew syntax. He, he would love and to I, talk about could this. Could you read the, straight from yeah. the Hebrew Bible? Is, a, is it possible that it actually alphabet. was hinted at exactly. that God created things in the heavens? Oh, sorry, what was that? Is it possible, from like even from like a literal reading, that it actually is hinting that God maybe made life oh, on other planets? Good. Yeah. Good. And, and, then, and then we, we I think we shared this in the last episode too. For God so loved the world, the word, the Greek word for world is cosmos. For God so loved the cosmos. And it means all created things, not necessarily our planet. They thought our planet was the only created thing, of course, with moon and sun and, and stars at that time. They didn't have um, a James Webb telescope. But in terms of if you really want to get into the, the word uh, cosmos, it means all, all created things. So for God so loved the whole cosmos. Um, and so, yeah, I, there are some, you know, in terms of the incarnation, Jesus, what we understand about Christology that comes into play. And I think that's mainly doesn't disprove like a creator or God, but it does put a little bit of pressure on this kind of the God as Trinity, um, God, uh, become an incarnate in the person of Jesus and that kind of theology and help us think about that. Um, so, so I do, I do think that it will push us and challenge us to think of those things, but we've been pushed before we've discovered other lands, other people, the earth is round, round. (laughs) our place in the universe. uh, Like, um, is the sun, the center, we're the center. What is the center? We've been, uh, when we discoveries of physics and, and, uh, quantum physics have challenged us in terms of how we understand the world. None of that's like disprove God has challenged us to rethink how we see our theology and, and our cosmology, but, but God hasn't gone anywhere. Belief in God or, or asking the big questions around who am I? Does it matter? Do I matter? Is there something, does my matter matter? And is there <laughs> someone um, behind all this are, are still going to be there? And if we encounter other aliens, it'll challenge us on some of our ways we view or even our Christology, but, but perhaps we bump into them and, and they have art and music and a spirituality and understanding uh, a creator behind the universe. Um, you know, that that's a, even uh, some of, um, is it Davies that we talked about? Um, the, 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 the great silence or the mystery of silence. Oh man, I love that book. I'm forgetting that. Um, Davies, the silence, um, the great silence. Uh, oh man. Uh, the eerie silence, the eerie silence, fantastic book. He's not necessarily religious, but he talks about why is it so quiet out there and talks about those theories. Um, and, and I think, yeah, yeah. Um, how he, and, and his big question, uh, was like the first thing he wants to know when he encounters, uh, uh, an alien species, extraterrestrial, is do you have music and art and do you have religion? Yeah. Those are like the big questions he, he wants to know. Yeah. What, uh, what the experience? I think we talked about some of those things that may, might make it silent out there in the first episode. Yeah. But I want to cover it again briefly. Um, great filter event happens yep. everywhere life's developing. You either make it through it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And we made it through it. Hopefully. USA, USA, USA. Oh man, the great filter could be the great. The great the, filter was September 11th, 2001. Yeah, right. The oh, great man. filter was the K event that killed the dinosaurs. Oh man. Yeah. So we're we're post our great filter event, hopefully. But I don't know, man. The the, the actual reason I took this microphone 
was to say best case scenario is we find out that they have the Bible, but like just the Bible in their language. Mm. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So convenient. Yeah. Or they have a whole different take on like the Gospel of John. They're like, we have yeah. a commentary. Yeah, they have the Bible. Just they just translate everything completely different. Yeah. Everything. And then we get into like, like revelation. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, mm, can I do I have thoughts on that? But we'll, that's another episode. Yeah. Right? That's for part three of okay. what if we eat aliens. What and remember, only the first be? three is going to be good. Just like any part good three, series, alien, the first three uh, sacred text. The last eight are yeah. terrible. Hopefully, it's better than Alien Three. Alien Three right. was good. Oh. Alien Resurrection, <laughs> Alien versus Predator, and Alien versus Predator Requiem. <laughs> 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 There's a scene okay, of so my shirt. The big question alien I thought of way awesome. earlier because you guys were talking about aliens on Earth and the Stranger. This is a big question. And it ties back, yeah, and it ties the back question. to the earlier thing we're talking about how. The ancient religious people <laughs> thought of the heavens and what we think of sci-fi now. Ooh, full so I thought of, there's this fun story in the Bible of Sodom and Gomorrah that people misinterpret to be about <laughs> same-sex stuff, which it's not. Yeah, um, it's said hard. in the Bible that it was the sin of hospitality. So I tend to believe that that was the big sin. Mm. Um, they beat and, an angel to death with a rock. But you know, they were going to. Yeah. Like well, Dwayne Johnson? They, they Dwayne came... Johnson. <laughs> The angels like came to this town um, to basically scope it out for God, let them know, are these people okay? Or are they just complete sinners like we think? And uh, basically, the people try to sexually assault the angels. Job's the only one who tries to take him into his house and offer them space. Lot, lot, not Job. Oh, thank you. He has enough yeah. problems. We don't bring him Listen, I don't know how to say words. Um, <laughs> Job was also I, What do you think? I am a podcaster. I don't know how to word. Job. Um, Job's like, I can't catch a break. I came to, I came to, to I'm still getting on vacation. What the heck? Uh, Job is that one guy who worked in Hiroshima <laughs> right. in Nagasaki. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh, that poor man. Yeah. yeah. So whether it's aliens or angels, mm. do you think we would do any better with our hospitality today? No. Yeah, I, I would. I I want to be optimistic, optimistic, uh, but but seeing how we treat the other and the neighbor or the refugee or the immigrant, um, there would be some who do a good job at it and some who do not. So it's I think it would be both. In there are some who who do a good job with hospitality and pushing for that and fighting for that. There's others who who nope they see it as the fear of the other and go more the war of the worlds. Um, route than say um steven spielberg um first contact yeah i'd say it depends <laughs> yeah really on where they end up going to uh and also it depends on if they have an abraham willing to barter with god to say oh, 50 people lord no 10 <laughs> people lord yeah and let's hope for the best in that regard if there's not 10 people in this city alone will's done a very bad job but mm -hmm. i don't believe that's true yeah, yeah i think 10 is lowballing it he's not how many congregation members do you have? At least at least ten times that. <laughs> <laughs> at yeah. least ten times that. At least. Remember, it could also be aliens. So maybe it's not the Lord you need to bargain with, but the alien supreme leader. Well, I will just say yes. I also want to point out um, that in Scripture, since I guess we're using the Bible. Um, usually when they have an encounter with an alien or not, an, I keep saying alien angel, when you keep having an encounter with an angel, um, outside mm. of this one with the lot situation, normally people are thrown into a bit of a scared situation. What's the first thing the angel says? Fear not. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and that, 
It's yeah. Fear not. So I think that, yes, I do agree with what you guys are saying that there are going to be some people who are like, shoot it. I don't know what it is. Um, but, and I'll let the viewer decide who I'm talking about, but, um, I also think there will be some people who go the complete opposite direction that of what we see often in scripture of like, they begin worshiping the angel because that the, there is something otherworldly, I guess we can use that phrase, about angels that still did produce some type of fear and trembling in us mere mortals, as we talked about yesterday in devotions, you know, we're created a little lower than the heavenly beings. There's something greater, different, however you want to spin it, still about them that I think could cause some panic in the other direction of like, well, here are our gods. We shall start worshiping them. Yeah. And and I, I think, you know, as we move to kind of wrap wrap up this conversation, part of our devotions was um <laughs> Joshua, Uno, reverse card. No, the um that we we studied and looked at Psalm eight and it in it's a psalm that we've used in our work with faith and science because it does capture like the the gazing towards the heavens and asking the big questions and reflecting on what are the humans place in the universe and how our relationships with God and the other um, are all entangled with one another. And so that's as you're as we're reflecting on aliens and the other and God, Psalm 8 is a good reflective prayer, poem, hymn to to really divert um, and help you think through some of these questions um, and soften your heart with it. So, so yeah, I, I, I applaud that. That's, that's good stuff. When Brandon mentioned that uh, sometimes people started worshiping the angels, all I could picture in this con the context of this conversation is what I think is the funniest scene in the original trilogy. Just the Ewoks worshiping C-3PO. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, I, that's when we look at, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's a great, yeah. And what were the Ewoks seen as kind of a lesser um, being, not as civilized or advanced as the rebels and C-3PO, and yet they were their own culture, and yet they helped in the George Lucas, whether they should have been Wookiees or not. Well, that's a discussion for another time, but his his kind of um, idea that the, the smaller, less advanced plays a big role, similar to uh, Jesus's parable of, of um, <clears throat> the smallest seed becoming... Um, something big that bears fruit or uh, Tolkien talking about the Hobbit, uh, the smallest, more insignificant becoming the one that saves and throws the ring, the Ewok being the one that helps save those, those kind of things. So when we look at the vastness of the universe and think about our insignificance, uh, perhaps uh, God doesn't see us that way, that we are, we are significant no matter how small or insignificant we feel about ourselves. Yeah. And that, you know, the be not afraid is what the world's most racist man was kind of getting at. Like we, if we see Lovecraft, if we see something <laughs> that we just cannot comprehend, it will drive us insane. Right. Like people will be afraid right. if they don't at least look like us. Mm. Yep. Which yep. is not very likely. Yeah. Look at, look how, look how Jesus um, uh, relates to the small and the marginalized and the alien and the other. And then um, let's, let's reflect on that. And then, and then reflect on how the, when the angels um, encounter a human being and have a message that, that they say, do not be afraid. Um, perhaps that's, that should be our posture as well. When, as we relate with the other and the alien, whether they're in our midst now um, or, or from another planet. I just thinking hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy. Yeah. What's on the guide on in the back, big red letters. Cause we need to be reminded cause we're going to see some scary, weird stuff out there. 
don't panic. I love it. Don't panic. I want to answer my own question though, because I didn't get a chance. Okay. (laughs) Um, I do think we would do better actually. Okay. I think we would still be awful, but better. Um, I kind of think that there is a moral bent to the universe. I don't think Mm. that if they landed in America, I probably won't be sexually assaulted. I think they'd probably get locked up and we would try to find ways to deport them, but I don't think they'd get assaulted or experiment on them. So that's slightly different. The the experimentation part is definitely happening. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully they consent, (laughs) but if they don't, it's going to happen either way. Right. Because that would advance our understanding of biology so much. An absurd amount. Yeah. Yeah. Go see Guardians of Galaxy 3 and see the other end of the spectrum of, uh, of trying to advance or evolve, (laughs) play God or not. Um, Yeah. Good, good discussion. So I'm going to wrap this up because, uh, you know, there's so much we could, there will be a trilogy. There'll be a part three of this and we'll get more, um, you know, like all of our episodes, it opens up questions and thoughts and ideas that lead us to other episodes. We'll never run out of topics and episodes when it comes to systematic ecology or, or talking about uh, scripture or how it relates to the Bible and the, and the communities that we shepherd. So, um, Hey, uh, check out our website, former, uh, previous episodes, uh, hook up with us on discord uh, go over youtube and hit subscribe we're on instagram we're on twitter retweet share share with a friend smash that like button all those things will help get this out and and uh, widen our algorithms so that uh, our community can continue to grow and lift up one another and if you guys are cool with me signing off then uh, unless tj has something he wants to say i think platypodes are aliens Um, And there you go. Take that with you, friends, and share that. That's tweetable. Uh, That might be be on a Systematic Ecology shirt someday, which you can go to our merch tab on our website and click on it and and buy that shirt later on uh, where TJ has just his face with a word bubble that says... Yeah, platypi are aliens. Yeah, there you go. That's what you're going to get if you go to our merch tab. All right, y'all. The Geek in Me honors the Geek in You... Nama Geek. Nama Geek. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> this was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.